Hey, neighbors, ready to put on the old feed bag? What do you feel like tonight? Japanese? Thai? Moroccan? Oh, Al only eats plain food. You know, like burgers and pizza. Come on, Al, live a little. You can't go through your whole life ordering food through a clown's head. Oh, yeah? Cook some food! <laughs> I get a open. No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Justin, and Al. All right, guys, it's Married with Children Friday. Here we are. We are back in the nudie bar. With me, as always, the guy who orders food through a clown's head, Jerry. What's up, Jerry? Not much, man. Uh, Ready to uh, eat some burgers and see some uh, nice, fine uh, dancing. Nice. With us, as always, the man who takes collect calls from Dr. Mustang, Justin, what is up, bro? Give me a second. I got a call. Uh, this isn't collect, is it? Yes, it is. Uh, again? Guys, can you believe it? Here we are doing the show in the Jiggly Room, the uh, the actual Jiggly Room from the Married with Children TV show. There is no better place to do this show. Wouldn't you guys agree? Absolutely. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Where else would we do this? And uh, yeah, I know, you're not even paying attention. Look, turn around, man. You gotta face the mics at least. I mean, I know these girls are hot, but if you keep doing this, I'm gonna put you in the shoe store and do this thing. I'm sorry, did you say something? Uh, Justin, let's just do the show without him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm, I'm here with you. Focus. Focus on Married with Children episode five have you driven a ford lately this was released may 3rd 1987 al and steve buy a beat-up ford mustang off of one of kelly's boyfriends soon they form a tight friendship while fixing it up like new the only problem is they are neglecting their wives now and they spend every free minute with the car Marcy gets to experience something in the back seat of the Mustang that she has always wanted to do, and when Al finds out about it, he won't let her forget it. I can't wait to find out what that is as we go through this review. Alright, so this episode starts off with Al sort of being emotional while he's watching TV, and uh, he's watching a commercial, it turns out, like a telephone company commercial where, where the dad and the son are young, and then time goes on they get older and older and all of a sudden the son doesn't live with them anymore and and the dad calls him you know peg i wish bud lived far away so i could call him <laughs> first little joke there and i like that's what that's what i love about the show is is there's always a quick one right away <laughs> yeah i actually when it this first started and i saw the tissues and then i looked at him and he was really sad i was like oh no what happened to one of the stewardess Oh, God. I thought he was using the tissues for something else with the stewardess movie. Yeah, but uh, but then maybe the stewardess movie took a Marley and Me turn and ended up hitting him right in the feels. Ooh. Patsy, a portrait of a stewardess in training, guys. Go to the tape store and pick that up. 
Peg wants to break up the monotony of her week, and she says, let's go out to eat. Of course, Al, uh, the only reason he's against it really is the money aspect, which uh, is understandable, being a shoe salesman. So uh, he says, you know, we have things to pay for. And, you know, this is messed up, man. Like, he says, the kids might want to go to college one day, and then they both burst out laughing. And I swear to God, (laughs) this was my parents. (laughs) <laughs> like my parents literally did not save any money at all for me or my sister to go to college because I was actually I was pretty bad as a, a kid in school and even in high school I was thrown out of high school the first year I was there the first freshman year because I lived why? In, huh well I said why I was a I lived in like a bad neighborhood they had to send me to a private school for high school to protect me and um I got thrown out of it because I just um, it was literally like a television show. People said I was the real life Zach Morris. And that's from Saved by the Bell. In a weird way, I was literally in the principal's office every two to three weeks. It was literally like me and Mr. Belding. It was like really weird. And I was constantly there, constantly getting uh, reprimanded by teachers. Yeah, like that's that's how it was for me. So my parents laughed at the idea of me going to college, too, and my sister, too. And neither one of us went. So, mm, gotcha. And, and the other thing is, um, Al's right. It costs a lot of money to go, to go out and eat. Like if, if me and my fiance are going to go out to eat, that's an easy 30 to $40 gone. And that's, that's if she doesn't order like some kind of alcoholic drink. Cause I never order them, but she'll order like a liquid marijuana or something. And that's, you know, that's another $10. Oh yeah. It's the biggest waste. Then you got to tip the waitress. Mm-hmm. I don't mind tipping. I'm 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 uh, I'm cool with tipping. I've got no issue there. But I always calculate that into my thing. That's why I'm like thirty to forty dollars. Oh yeah. Oh, I was just adding it to the price. I didn't say I minded it. Oh yeah. Well, I didn't know if you were going to Mister Pink this whole situation right now. Oh no. <laughs> no. I was just adding in more money. But like when I, when I do tip, I don't tip off the whole bill. I tip pre tax. I'm not paying them off at the tax. Yeah, I, I can yeah. understand that. But like. It is so funny that he, he that we go into this episode with him talking about not wanting to spend money because the whole last episode was about them not spending money. Well, it started out with them not spending money. What episode do they ever want to spend money <laughs> or could ever? <laughs> well, no, there's there's oh yeah, that's a good question, Alex. Which episode does Al uh, just spend money without any care? Gee, I have no I think idea. It's this episode. Oh, this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It's another example of in the last episode, Al was like, you know, don't do this, don't do that. And then who bought the glow-in-the-dark tackle box for $275? And now it's like, you know, oh, we can't go out to eat. We can't afford it. It's too expensive. Oh, but let's buy a car. <laughs> yeah. Though, uh, one of, so, yeah, Steve and, Steve and Marcy show up. Of course, they always show up. And Peggy says... Peggy says, oh, yeah, we're going to go out to eat with him. Yeah, even though Al never agreed to this prior, she already invited him. Yeah, and she brought it up as like, hey, do you want to go out to eat tonight? But she already had it planned. As I was say, this is like the second time she's done this. <laughs> yeah. And, and Marcy uh, recommends all these different types of food, which I never, I don't think I've eaten any one of them. I'm going to try to remember. It's like Thai, Moroccan. I'm like Al. I, I want pizza, burger. Like, I'm super just basic. Yeah, is that how you are, Justin? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I'm I'm an extremely picky eater. Uh, my whole life, I've always been hard to feed, and 
I'm, I'm just really basic when it comes to food. I like pizza, burgers, steaks, stuff like that. Anything, anything that I can't pronounce or smells weird, I, I'm not eating it. Right. Yeah, I was the kid uh, from a Christmas story. I have really bad stories. Like, my dad was really kind of strict. He had enough of me with the not eating thing. This is not a joke. He used to have me sit at the dinner table until I was done. And I swear to God, if we ate at, like, 4.35, many a night was I sitting there until 8 o'clock at night. So, yeah, I was just like that. I was a really picky eater. And I actually became so bored with doing that that I became a very explorative eater um in my uh 30s i'd say well maybe that's what i'll do i got like five four more years <laughs> yeah you might just get tired and go all right let me try this and it's been all right for the most part doing that but uh yeah ordering food through a clown's head is a, a normal night for me for the first 20 years of my life that joke was so good oh <laughs> When he lifts, he opens her mouth and then yells, make dinner at her. (laughs) Make me food. And the best part is like, it's so demeaning. Number one, saying that your wife's is your wife's head is a clown's face and head. And then the, the Marcy and Steve's reaction is perfection, man. The way she turns and buries her head in his, his chest as if she's so. Throughout this entire episode, Marcy's frowning is just the ugliest thing you could possibly like, like (laughs) this, like do this entire episode. The one thing I just kept going, Jesus, Marcy was just her doing her ugly, mean frown. And I'm just like, how did Steve not see this once and just go, you know what? I'm out. Right. Yeah. There's gotta be some red flags in the relationship before you get married. So the, you hear they're about to go out to dinner Al agrees to it. The horn blows. Kelly comes running down the stairs. Al's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are we doing? What, some guy beeps his horn and you go running? And, you know, he, she says she's going to, he said he wants to meet the guy. She said, no, Roger's policy is he don't meet parents. So he goes, well, he sounds like a very nice boy, but I'm going to meet him. <laughs> and uh, he, he goes out. Steve makes sure he doesn't do anything stupid. And then she says, and this is a great setup. Uh, it's a, almost a perfect alley-oop for a later joke. She says, Dad's totally going to misinterpret the dog collar around Roger's neck. <laughs> and <laughs> what she does when they come back with that joke is priceless. Like, we've seen a lot of return jokes in this show so far. Like, a lot of setups from uh, turning the light off in the basement to um, the dog didn't wear a hat. And then also her rushing down the stairs at the sound of a horn is a throwback to when she got with Cobra when she was like, I, I fell in love with that horn. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> she says she loves him and she doesn't even know his last name. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I've noticed this so far and I don't know if this changes because I, ha- I haven't seen a lot of this show, but um, so far we haven't seen any of these guys like. Oh, it changes. And dude, wait till you see what happens. Oh, it becomes the most amazing trademark of the show. Oh, okay. Oh, God. Yeah, wait, dude, I'm telling you, man. This is, so far, every one we've done so far, to me, is really strong. And the writing is so strong on these this first season. There's like an amazing start so far. But, oh, the show just hits such a point from season two to five. It's just, it's so good. Just wait till you see what's ahead. Okay, so 
They are out there for an hour talking. Yeah, isn't that weird? An hour? I'd be like, okay, this is, uh, it, Jesus, I would go out there. I'd have to go out there. An hour? How are they just sitting in there with their coats on? <laughs> yeah, after 30 minutes, I questions. 10 minutes tops. Ten mi- Yeah, 10 minutes tops, man. I'm, I'm starting to be like, okay, really? Yeah, seriously, <laughs> did you say hello? Let's go. We're eating. We're hungry. But yeah, so it turns out that this kid has... A 1966 Mustang convertible, uh, red. I guess I don't know if it matters what color the car is at this point because it's all rust. Al, we're starving. What were you two doing out there for so long? Peg, we just outsmarted a teenage boy. We sure did, honey. You wouldn't believe it. But underneath all that rust, that kid was actually driving a '65 Mustang. That's what you were doing for an hour. Looking at a 20-year-old rusted pile of junk? (laughs) No, of course not. We bought it. You made a major purchase without consulting me? It's a car, honey. For us hombres, right, Al? That's right, you bitch is Steve Arino. (laughs) Tell me, Steve Arino, did it ever occur to you that we don't need another car? It's, it's not just a car, honey. It's a piece of history. A 289 with dual carbs and a pony interior. Steve, where did you learn to talk like that? Hey, come on, honey. After all, I was a guy before I met you. He was, honey. Do you believe it? He had a Mustang when he was in college. I always wanted one, but I could never afford it. I hate to break this to you, Al, but we still can't. Sure we can. The car we bought is a total piece of junk. <laughs> yeah, besides, we split it. We're going to restore it, make it worth a lot of money, and never sell it. Al and Steve, in that hour, bought this car from this kid. This kid they know nothing about. This like, God only knows what he looks like. Don't even know his last name. Yeah, know nothing about him. And they just bought a car from him. He sold it. He's like, whatever. He's two, and he calls them two idiots. Just bought my car. So, who, uh, who knows what he meant by that? One of the best aspects of this entire episode. I don't know if you guys noticed. This is Steve's highlight reel with the one-liners. With his his responses to everything car related is great. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Where'd you learn to talk like that? Well, I was the guy before I met you. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, you've made a major purchase without consulting me? Honey, it's a car. <laughs> like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Like, everything is so macho, and it goes right back to what Justin used to say about how every time he's around Al, and I think even Peggy points it out at this point, right? Doesn't she verbally say that? So, like, he brings out the ugly man part? Yeah. Of him? Right. Yeah. Yeah, so they do say what we've been saying so at least you know we're on the right track with this show yeah and and honestly like i love that about steve that he he can just like flip back to just this like macho like guy thing and i i I really do dig when al and steve are kind of getting along like this was like kind of i was smiling while i was watching this play out because they're so into it and and it was like yeah yeah, this is cool yeah it's like something you would like to do with a buddy like that you know it's just yeah, like I said, the, the a Steve really never comes along in life. But hey, if they do, maybe it's just my sad life. Maybe maybe people do have this. I don't know. 
But so after he says, you know, honey, I was a guy before I met you. I was like, yeah, it's true, honey. He really was. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, like, and, and no one's even offended by this. Like Steve doesn't even realize what I was saying in that. And then he says he drove a Mustang in college. Now, it's so weird how my life is really so zoned into the show because I drove a red Mustang convertible in what should have been college because it was exactly <laughs> when I would have went if my parents sent me. But uh, I drove it during those years of my life. And how was that? Dude, it was amazing. It was a red Mustang convertible. And it's weird because they, they had a 66. Mine is upside down. It was 99. So it was like it's, it was the weirdest thing when that occurred to me. I was like, wow. My life really mirrors this show in so many ways. It's so weird. And I never do it on purpose. And I think that's what makes it genuine. I never had to fake anything. So it, it always kind of fell into place, which is, just brings me to like love this show this much, that it really is. It is like a flip side of Was me. that your first car, Alex? Uh, no, third, believe it or not. Third? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm only on my third. Wow, Really? Yeah, I had about like nine at this point. I think my my first one was a ninety seven ninety eight Volkswagen Jetta. Oh wow, that wasn't bad. That was popular back then. Well, I mean, I didn't get it until I don't know. Oh, Oh, two thousand eleven or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Everything uh, was popular back then. I am only on my second car, and uh, I don't drive. So there you go drive like ever yeah i don't drive i have no license i do not drive does your fiance put a dog collar on you and walk uh <laughs> we don't walk but uh now how about this now justin are you totally impressed with peg in this episode i mean d- we all know the aspect of why peg is insanely impressive in this entire episode what does she do the whole time what does she do in the episode the whole time yeah did you notice that it was really like Marcy setting all of it up. Marcy comes in with the overwhelming negativity. And throughout the whole thing, Peg always looks on the bright side and is actually sort of for this entire. Yeah, she's okay with it. She understands that guys are going to be guys and stuff. Well, she also makes the point that uh, when she brings up, well, I mean, have you ever dated someone for a car? Like, she does see the bright side because she wants to be in, in that car. Right. Well, she, And I also think, it. yeah, and I also think she thinks maybe this will make um, Al feel youthful, right. which means she'll get laid. Yeah, it's just like synergy yep. for him. <laughs> you know, if the synergy didn't work out, maybe he'll get rejuvenated by grabbing a stick ship. Yeah. She's yeah. very patient, unlike her daughter, who is just like, oh, he doesn't have a car now. I'm not going to be seen walking with a guy wearing a dog collar and no car. Yeah, that, that's the alley-oop <laughs> slam dunk joke, man. Like her saying he's going to misinterpret the dog collar and then saying, I'm not walking with a guy who wears a dog collar. That is like, I wish, you, I, I'd give anything to hear the conversation between Kelly and Roger when, uh, when she <laughs> broke it to him that, no, this date is off. <laughs> You know what we also get uh, in this episode? We get the the perfect two words to ever be put together. Mustang juice. Yes. And that's <laughs> another great – I told you, Steve's one-liners. He, Marcy says, you have dirt under your fingernails. He goes, that's not dirt. That's Mustang juice, baby. Everything yeah. <laughs> about Steve became cooler in this episode. And just to know – and see, this kind of solidifies why you love every character in this show because – 
it shows you that Steve has the capacity to be as cool as as us and Al and relatable, you know, and he he has that nerd side to him, but just knowing that that's there, uh, you know, underneath it all is what really like subconsciously I think makes us all kind of bond with this type of it, this whole thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah he, for sure. He gives me hope that I'll one day be a man. Yeah, you could be that <laughs> cool because you're sort of like yeah. Steve, you know? I just, I got to hang out with someone who's like an Al who awakens my ugly man qualities because Al is an American hero, a national treasure when it comes to, to awakening the ugly man qualities. Yeah, I, th- I think also Steve's relatable because, like, have you ever been, uh, like, with a girlfriend or, 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 you know, meeting their parents or something and you have to act a certain way and, you know, it's not who you are, but you know you have to be acting, you know, on your best behavior and just, just be, you know, what what they would like. And that's kind of Steve, but all the time. So to see him get to unleashes you know regular self every once in a while like it, it's relatable in terms of that that we've all kind of had to be somebody that we're not every once in a while right yeah you just wake up and go oh, i gotta put on my steve today i'm meeting the parents yeah <laughs> yeah i it's weird every time i try to be somebody else i somehow lose it along the way even when i was a kid whenever i got done watching something and i decided that's who i'm going to be for now on I somehow lost that character amongst the small talk in life. Like any time when you're younger and you saw something on TV or movies and you said, that's what I, that's how I'm going to start acting or whatever. You, mm-hmm. you never see those people in the supermarket or on the toilet bowl yeah. or getting a phone call or like, you know, just small things in life or talking about dinner or can you pick your sister up or whatever. And it's like, how do you how do you convey that into the minutia of life? And it's mm-hmm. kind of weird. I was never able to do that. So I always ended up being myself again, no matter what I tried to do. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sad. I should have... I'm going to be something else. I think I'm going to pick something and do it again, even in my adult life, and see if I can actually hold on character. I get that, though, because uh, there's a comedian named Mitch Hedberg. Every time I listen to... His stand-up, I start talking like him. He's the guy that has like the uh, the like like one-liners is like his main thing, right? Yeah, yeah, him? it's all like one-line jokes. Is yeah, yep. he died, right? Yeah. Heroin. Yeah, he died. Come on, Steve, let's get out in that garage and strip the rust off this baby. Hey, what about taking us to dinner? Yeah. Oh, honey, we can't afford to eat out now. <laughs> we just bought a car. <laughs> So uh, now this all happens. They buy the car, this and that. They immediately go to work on it, and you, you get the great line: "What about going out to dinner?" Oh, honey, we can't go out to dinner now. We just bought a car. And they go, and Hanks <laughs> punches the couch. It's great. Uh, so days later, they're uh, hanging out by the kitchen table. They're working on the car again. I think at this point they're eating salads and stuff. And um, I guess the energy's back on. You still owe us a dinner. That's right. We've been patient. They come out and then they say, you know, you still owe us a dinner, which is weird because they don't owe you a dinner. They just got done saying they can't afford it. So it's sort of that should have been off the table. No pun intended. But somehow uh, they are under the impression they still owe them a dinner. We can't force you to go to bed with us, but we insist you take us out to eat. (laughs) Okay. It sets up another amazing one-liner from Steve. I mean, and I don't mean amazing like these are like the greatest things, but what I just mean is 
for Steve. For Steve, right. It's just the, that whole character <laughs> switch. You know what I mean? Like the whole Jekyll and Hyde he seems to do with Al. So that's all I mean by that. I'm not trying to say this is like Shakespeare. Steak place okay with you, buddy? You got it. Steve, we're vegetarian. You don't eat meat. Honey, I'm working on a car. <laughs> yes. It was so I'm good. I'm so with his character right now. It, I'm just like, yeah, you tell her, Steve. Yeah. You tell her. You tell her Did, you're going to eat steak and it's going to be medium rare. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I want the blood dripping out of my, down my chin. <laughs> Did anyone find it funny that, like, Al is wearing a jumpsuit, but yeah, Steve, Steve is wearing, wearing overalls. overalls. Oh my god. <laughs> There's an overalls with a flannel shirt. Like, he's just not prepared for this. Oh, he looks like Jason from Friday the 13th Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> this is. Uh, I can see Alex watching this episode being like, this is the best Steve episode ever. He looks like looks Jason like Friday the 13th Part 2. He's got the one liners. That's it. Five out of five. I'm done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should mark this as Steve's highlight episode because of all this. Absolutely. It, it might be. Uh, for season one, it definitely is in the running. Oh, so far, this, to me, is in a far lead. Actually, thinking about it, uh, it almost seems like uh, Peg and Al take a whole back seat, and uh, Marcy is now the one making negative remarks and negative comments, and Steve is the one blowing her off with manly comments. They have become... <laughs> Al and Peggy in this episode. Right. Yeah, they they kind of do. You're right about that. Yeah, they mirror them. It's amazing. Uh, and then and then Marcy gets the great one-liner, still based off of Steve. Steve is now the assist man. He goes, I'm sorry I neglected you all week, Marcy. I don't know what got into me. It was the car, Steve. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's so great because I love when people talk. Like, uh, when... Uh, Sometimes when I'm drunk, like if I drank way too much, I always use this sort of uh, this type of joke with anybody who's around me, really. And I always wait to see if they say it. Uh, I always go, uh, like, I don't know if we're going to do something or they ask me to do something. And I just say, no, you know, I just I just can't do whatever I said. I'm just I'm just really tired for some reason. And they're like, it might have been the nine beers you had. You know, <laughs> like I always set people up. I don't know if they they don't always slam dunk it like that, but but it's just like such a great answer to that. Cause it's like, why are we not just getting this out in the open? You're being an asshole because the car. That's that's really nice of you, actually, to to hand someone a great joke on a silver platter for them to do and be like cool in front of everyone at your expense. That you know, I don't think I I don't know if anyone's ever thanked you for doing that, but thank you for doing that because. Someone out there felt really good after slam dunking that joke with you. My expense. And you probably never get the thanks for it. No. And they don't even realize that I just handed them that. You know, to them, they thought of it on their own. And it's that's real sad. Yeah. Mm. But good of me. So I'm like a saint. So uh, Bud and Kelly are still not getting mass amounts of screen time here. They're not, but this next joke that comes up at the end of the scene. But it has brought you closer to Al. So at least we don't have to suffer that uneasiness whenever we come over here. Yeah, how about that? She's like, that. we won't have that uneasiness every time we come over here. And then the next scene (laughs) is getting awkwardness from Kelly instead of Al. Right. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. You can't be serious. 
I have to stay with Bud so you can go out with those creepy, boring people that live next door. Yes. <laughs> I have to use a night of my glory days for a couple of complete orthos. <laughs> oh, hi, Mr. and Mrs. Rhodes. It's nice to see you as always. Which, by the way, in case anyone was wondering what orthos meant, me and my fiance had to look up the website that has the entire scripts for each episode to make sure that we had the word right. Yeah, because I didn't know what she said. That's one of those, you know, just you ever watch something and you're like, I don't know what they said there. But it must be good, <laughs> so whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you kind of know that it means something negative or, or weird or something. Yeah, I looked it up. It, it means idiot. Really? Uh, now, see, that's out of character. Yeah, she uses it like it's almost like she learned this word. It's like everyone has that friend that if they learn a smart word, they just use it as much as they can. Yeah, in all the wrong ways. <laughs> yeah, and 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 she did. She said orthos instead of just saying those two idiots, which they're not idiots. They're super smart. So her, she, it actually is kind of in character for her when you think about it because it's her using a smart word improperly. And she is an ortho, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, and also the 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 stuffing the brawl with tissue joke is such a great '80s and '90s joke. Oh, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, I was about to say, do people really do that? <laughs> I would if I was a chick who had no tits. Absolutely, sure. Why not? If I get to walk around in a sweater with bigger bulges taken out, sure, I'd do it. But I mean, what I mean, are you going to do when the guy finds out? I don't know. I guess I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. <laughs> or I'll be a prude. I don't want. No, no, I honestly don't want a guy touching me, so I'll just be a prude. Oh, if I was a girl, I wouldn't mind. Right? Uh, I don't know. It's very complicated. I don't. You might. You might be a lesbian. I, I always said if I ever was a girl, I'd definitely be a lesbian because I. I think. I think every guy says that. Oh. Yeah, I would definitely be a lesbian. Because we're just like, no, we know what guys are like. We want no part of that. I really don't. It's really disgusting. So, so uh, uh, Steve uh, double checks, make sure Marcy's on the pill. Al digs through the hamper to put nice clothes on to go out to eat. <laughs> um, and then uh, he gets a phone call for uh, the ashtray. They say, well, the, res the restaurant will hold our reservations. I said I'm a doctor and we said it's your birthday. So they go to the ghetto to get an ashtray for the Mustang. I guess, I don't know, that's hard to do. And it's really funny, too. Another thing to bring up is, like, the times are so different. Al's getting, like, he's accepting collect calls. He's, he's other people are calling him to do these simple things like ashtrays and horse emblems. And if he was, he is alive today, but if he, uh, if this show took place today, they would just be sitting in front of that computer that eventually is behind the couch, and they would just go, okay, the the horse will be shipped to us in three days. Okay, the ashtray will be here in seven days, you know? It's, like, so It funny. would be him on eBay, like, trying to get it. Like, can't go now, honey. I'm, I'm, I'm in, a, in a bid war or something. Right, yeah, that's what it would be. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's, there's – he'd say there's two hours left on the bid. I have to stay <laughs> I can't go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh my god, that would actually be a really good episode because you know Al would get all like manly about it and be like, "You don't understand, Peg. I have to beat him." 
Yeah, I, I bet you, but it, just like you said, life always slaps out in the face. If he was in a bid war for anything, you know that if they based a whole episode around him being in the house for three hours while everybody just has to sit there and wait for him the whole time, at the very end of the episode, he would lose the bid. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah he, sure. he'd get sniped. <laughs> Amazing. So uh, they go and do that. Marcy and Peg have a nightmare time. Hobos are rocking the, the car they're in while Al and Steve are upstairs in the building getting the ashtray. Al throws Peg's purse down the street to get the guys to get away from this and get in the car and go. Just a, a nightmare time. Al walks in the house and he has the ashtray. Go look at it, Steve. It's a virgin. No sing- a cigarette has ever been in this ashtray. Now tell me that wasn't tele- uh, what's it called? telegraphing the joke. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You saw that coming a mile away. Yeah. And I also thought that it was funny when, Pe- like, he's like, it's virgin. And then when Peg comes in and does the joke of putting out the cigarette in the ashtray, I was just like, you know, this is probably not the first time Peg has taken a virginity. It's also funny because it's the cigarette's phallic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it, you know, virginity. Yeah. Yeah, God, I never thought of that. I was just more concerned of how come they didn't hurry up and get that thing out of there as soon as you put it in. Yeah. Like, hurry up, take it out. It's burning it. Get it out. But but you could almost feel, like, with Steve's face and everything, you could almost feel what they felt when that cigarette went in there. See, it's like I said, you got to watch facial expressions in this show. Yeah, it's so good, you know? And, like, what would you guys do if, if your wife did that? If it was Peggy, I'd be like, of course she did that. Right. <laughs> like, but, um... I don't. I can't find myself being excited for an ashtray anyway, so it's like kind of hard. Yeah, right. Like especially when Steve slid it. Like when my wife was watching this with me, and when Steve slid the ashtray in, he went ah. She was like, "What a loser!" Cause, cause, <laughs> you know, like it's funny because we're into these like weird collectible stuff and this type of thing. Like we're technically into this, but still, uh, I'm sorry if I just got an ashtray for the car, I'd still just throw it in and just like. You know, my eyes half closed, slide in and go, okay, so let's, uh, but, and, you know, I wouldn't even think about it. <laughs> you know, they, they were a little too into every minute detail. So, yeah, like, I, I could see if it was, like, a steering wheel or, like, uh, you know, a shifter or something. Right. But it's just, like, the ashtray? <laughs> like, uh, all right, I'm going to embarrass myself. Uh, so, I completely get this just because, uh, I collect retro video games and, like, to, so I got excited because, I had gotten the box and manual for Castlevania Dracula X, which is a really rare game on the Super Nintendo. And I got excited because it had the advertisement uh, paper in there. So it had like the postcard for you to like mail off to um, Konami to like rate the game and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh man, look, I've got the advertisement card. Oh yeah. So did your fiance put a cigarette out in it or something? (laughs) Huh? No, I quickly got it in the shelf. Um, I, she wouldn't do that, but she has threatened to like hide my games. Like, I'll go and take one; you'll never notice. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, and I'm just like, no, you won't. And I'm, and she's like, oh, oh, I will. We need Dave Z on here to tell some of his horror stories about wives ruining things. That's what I was just gonna say. I was like, this sounds like some Dave St- Dave Z stuff right here, man. Like, holy crap. But it's funny because even Dave Z's ex-wife knew not to go near the Friday 13th parts. Two stuff. Like when she walked <laughs> over to that poster, she knew to just change direction. She's like, oh, heck no. And she's like, listen, I want to make it out of here alive, but still make a statement. 
<laughs> so yeah, she didn't do that. Uh, yeah, uh, would my wife make it out alive if she threw a, a cigarette in there? If she put a cigarette out like on your like Lon Chaney Jr. statue, See, but it's different though because it is an ashtray, right? Like it is an ashtray, so and you can wipe it clean. Yeah. If she put out my Lon Chaney Jr. Son of Dracula statue, oh, I would be. That was a very expensive piece, and I'd be very. I don't know where the night would go. How much do y'all think he spent on this ashtray? Because he's like, we got to go now. He's got another. He's got another yeah, offer. An offer. How much do you? Yeah. How much? <laughs> Who's offering for these ashtrays in the, in, in the eighties? I don't know. <laughs> like, there's no Craigslist. There's no. You know. They had to put the internet. They put the, uh, they put the the thing in the paper. Where you at like grandfather still oh, does? Oh yeah, yeah, the he, um like one the ads or whatever. I remember those. Yeah, they still like do those? He, yes, he had a uh, he had a garage sale like la- like last year during the summer. He was like, yeah, I put in a I put in the paper my advertisement for that, and I'm like, you paid for that? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I could have just done a Craigslist ad for you. Like, I don't have to be there to do it. You're in another state, but I could have just done that for you. He goes, no, no, the people will see, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> The people who are, are going to use their walkers to get there. Yeah. <laughs> How much do you think the car costs, though? Oh, uh, when he bought it from Roger? Yeah. No, they don't say. I'm going to guess 500 bucks. That sounds reasonable. I, I was going to go with, like, 300 Like, I don't, I like, I, like, they said they got it cheap, and 300 would be, like, 150 bucks a piece. But then again, 500 is only 250 a piece, so that's not bad either. My parents bought my first car for... Twelve hundred dollars in, and it was a '89, and this was 1996. I'm just thinking in '87, a '66. You know that, and that the kid's stupid, like they said. Yeah. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah. Plus, he didn't care anyway. Imagine you're getting. See, I hate to get. Now, even though you know the ending, you know, obviously, if you're listening to this show, but I always act like we're revealing it, so I hate to say this, but I'll do it anyway. The kid is give is getting a free five hundred dollars. Because he didn't pay for his car. So, yeah. So it's like, no matter what these two idiots are offering you, I mean, especially if it's a bucket, a rust bucket, you might as well say, ah, sure, okay. Yeah. But they, I think I, I paid eight fifty for my Jetta. Oh, see? So, yeah, I think we're right. Yeah. Justin, you were very excited. You smiled to see these two bonding. And I did, too. But it really struck you, and you're new to the show. So you, it was nice for you to watch that. But how did you feel? When Al goes, you know, Steve, you're not my kind of guy or anything, and I don't want to hang around with you, but you know your cars. Oh, thanks, Al. <laughs> like, did you go, oh, <laughs> man, come on, dude. Did you have, I, you know, I feel like, I feel like Steve kind of understands that, though. So I, I don't, I don't know if he would be super offended at that. Was Al joking? No, but I just think that he's like, you know, he's, we're not really friends, but we're like, you're kind of cool right now. Yeah, we're bonding <laughs> right now, buddy. Yeah. yeah, Steve's like used to it at this point because this is yeah. like not the first time Al's made those kind of comments to him. Right. And it just Steve barely noticed. He just goes right into like his nostalgic back in my day. I had one. You got to remember, I had one of these in college mm-hmm. and like I have heard my dad make almost that exact statement where he's just like. You got to remember, I had one of these growing up. Right. I had. I was just like, when I heard that, I was like, so I'm going to say this one day? Like, this is just something we say? Hey, I just said it 30 minutes ago. 
that I had a Mustang. <laughs> I mean, I'm literally, I'm, I'm this type of loser already. I'm already talking about my better times in life. <laughs> but luckily, my life is still good. I'm not going to act like that. No, it's still good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, if we're going to look back, man, I mean, eventually you're going to have so many years piled up, there's going to be little landmarks or, you know, parts of your life that highlights. And definitely owning a, a convertible Mustang is one of them. So I could see why Steve, because I feel the same way, even though I didn't have a classic, but... Remember, I used to have one of these babies. Oh, gee, I love that car. Those were the days. Being alive really meant something then. You used to buy a car to have fun. Now you worry about four doors, mileage, whether or not you survive a head-on collision. I mean, who cares? <laughs> Looking cool and going fast. That's what cars should be for. Before we go into to uh, their nostalgic road trip real quick... Uh, Marcy has some anger issues. Like oh, in yeah. the two episodes back, she was talking about fish hooks. Yeah, fish hooks. And this one, she's like just saying some really angry stuff. Like she's got some pent up rage. Just special plans for the ashtray, too. I swear to God, as soon as Steve goes to sleep tonight, I'm going to smash that car into little bits. <laughs> Except for the ashtray. <laughs> I have special plans for that. I was just like, Jesus, like, can we... I'm kind of worried about... I know why Steve always agrees with her. Ah. He doesn't want to get beat. Yeah, how about red flags there? Your wife talks like that? I mean, it can't be the first time Marcy's expressed her dark side. Yeah, so also uh, when uh, Peg is explaining why guys like cars so much, uh, do either one of y'all drive a stick shift? No, I never have either. I know how, but I've never owned one. So you've played with a stick shift before, Alex? Yeah. Okay, I just okay, Justin, you haven't. I haven't either because mm-hmm. I'm not. I, I I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> but Alex is okay. Well, I do it for uh, like gigantic diesel trucks. Oh, oh, so as long as it's, it's big and burly, you're down to play with a stick shift. Oh, a big bur- oh, so you're trying to say that that is like fond of now why? How would that make any sense, though? Well, because that's what they're well, getting no, to it's... in the in the show, that the stick shift is, once again, a phallic object. It's a representation of their manhood. And they and she goes, it's I'll like never an extension under- of them, though. It's not, you know what I mean, like someone else. Oh, OK. That's what I was going to say. Like, it sounds kind of gay. <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah, well, that was the joke I was making. But yeah, they, they like. But it was on them because Peggy was like, yeah, they really like a stick shift. And then it goes to Steve grabbing a stick shift. Like, like, hey, when you see boys when they grow up and they find their penis as a as like a younger kid, they like the parents always make the joke. Oh, he's found it. He knows he owns it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, can, I, can I get a magnifying glass so I could? Uh... I want to play Sherlock Holmes, I swear. Yeah. So I can start having fun here. Uh, yeah. Well, Marcy, you know. During the conversation, after she wants to smash the car to pieces, uh, Peg, again, which you gotta love her for, man, Peg is the, the cool chick of the episode. She uh, she keeps saying, uh, come on, Mars, you can't tell me you've never been into a guy for his car, blah, blah, and, and you always, something about, I don't know how she presented it, but getting in the back seat with a guy... And uh, Marcy goes, oh, my God, I'd never do that. She goes, oh, come on, chipping in for a hotel gets expensive every few days. So, and you know what? When I, I swear to God, growing up, I did this because of the same reason. Because I was like, well, wh- where am I supposed to do this? Half the, at, at that age, like when you're like, 
you know, 17 to 24 or so, the the girls usually live at home until they get married. So you can't mm-hmm. go there. You probably live at home, so your parents are always in the damn house. You could you could never get a free minute there. So you would go to the car. Yeah, yeah. That's what you got to do. I mean, I did do the hotel room thing a few times, but yeah, man. Is eventually you're like, "Listen, am I going to drop like 40, 50 bucks every time we're going to do this?" That's crazy. See, I got I got lucky. I had a friend whose parents um built a house uh, with you know, build it themselves. You know, they didn't physically build it themselves, but you know, but made, built their own house. And um, they built the basement section first, and then the winter came. And I guess they designed it to where the basement would be like the entire house, and then they would build a second part, uh, you know, up top. So the the basement was an entire house. It had a kitchen, a laundry room, a, a bathroom, a living room, and uh, two bedrooms. So uh, my friend lived in the bottom half, and uh, I would be able to go there pretty much any time, just walk in the door down into the basement, didn't even have to knock or anything. Wow. And that's where I would always take girls. Man, you are See, I, that, that, is, <laughs> that, that kid had that uh, – you always saw in movies these kids that had uh, bedrooms or that were just way too cool for what they had. Like they lived yeah. in the attic or something <laughs> and had all this cool stuff going on. That kid got to live it, and yeah, we had a fireplace I, and everything. It was dope, man. That's right. You could have literally of late, like, uh, just laid him down by the fireplace, gotten all smooth. That's ridiculous. I, I didn't do hotels because there was always like, man, we would go to the woods if we had to. Oh like, my we God. didn't. But like, I didn't have to like go to hotel rooms or anything like that. But I will say. Um, as not driving, I never was the guy who got to use his car to get them in the backseat, but I did the opposite. If the girl had a car, I was more attracted to her and would try to get her backseat. I'm sure you were. You could actually leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of with you on that though, too, because I didn't have a car, uh, or a license during high school. I, my, I actually was, I couldn't even get my license cause I had an underage drinking charge when i was 16 so you know it's like a 90 day suspension or something and you you actually had to go to get them for the suspension to start so i just never did um but i was i'm with you on that i kind of always gravitated towards girls with cars yeah same reason there you go wow well uh yeah so marcy uh partakes in the act she gets in the back seat of the mustang with steve the, the clothes go flying out the window. The shoes drop out. And it's funny because Marcy doesn't even consider the idea that both Al and Peg are right in the other room and they will most likely be coming in here. I mean, if she was so traumatized by this, which she was after the fact, you would think that there'd be a little like, uh, especially with her brains, because that's all she has. Uh, you would think that she would think this through and say, oh, Steve, Alan, Alan Peg are going to be back in here in in two minutes there's no way we can get away with this i mean and i don't want al to know about this or hold this over me so it's kind of funny that she went through with it but you could just say that she was so and we'll find out later on that marcy is actually very sexual and she and it does take over her uh more reasonable uh left or uh, analytical side of her brain yeah, they, they definitely, even in an earlier episode when they're making out outside the door just randomly when they open it, they, yeah, right. they definitely have like a strong passion that just seems very spontaneous. Yeah, so that I'll give her a pass in the sense that 
right now, it makes no sense. But as I learn more about Marcy, it makes complete sense. So pass right there. I, I would also say, like, even if she was like, they'll be out here in two seconds. Like, what guy is going to be like, you know what, you're right. No, they're going to be like, two seconds is all I need. Well, Al would say that. But Steve, I, I think Steve would say, well, all right, let's just go home. I'll, I'll tell Al we'll, fit, we'll work on it later. You know, something. But it's good. It don't matter. It works for the show. Now, uh, amazing, amazing thing. Al and Steve, after he, he gives them that very uh, frank uh, comment about how he really is not his kind of guy, doesn't want to hang out with him very much. Uh, but he does know his cars. They have a, a fantasy, which becomes an amazing part of this show. There's a lot of times when this will happen. And I'm not going to say a lot, but a good handful. And it, it's always quality. Uh, and Al, uh, well, first, Steve's fantasy is that they're driving down the highway, the open country, uh, top down, sunglasses on. Born to be wild. <laughs> Born to be wild. Yeah, hitting the dashboard with the drums, having a good time. It's exactly two guys. Uh, just as it's been bonding and having a great time. Can we talk about the fact that Steve looks like he's proud that he flies those like two people seater like prop airplanes <laughs> over the beach with the with the commercial advertisement hanging off and he, <laughs> the he scarf. Goes, I can yeah like. I'm just like, what is he doing? Like bomber jacket and scarf and aviators. Was he wearing driver gloves? Yes, he was wearing gloves. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they're brown also. Ugh. And I think he was wearing a brown hat. Oh, my God. Was it Bella's hat? I didn't see any red on it, so I'm not sure. <laughs> it would have been stained because if Al popped him between the eyes, that he definitely would have got that hat dirty. So, yeah, I think we would have known. So I'm going to go ahead and say that was not Bella's hat. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, he looked bizarre. He looked like... He, he exactly what he thought he would look like when he said to Al, Al, are we still going to look as cool doing this? And it's like, well, no, Steve, not if you dress like that. Yeah, he even has Al wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, right. Like In Steve's fantasy, he makes Al wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Now compare that to what Al himself wears in his own fantasy. Oh, yeah. It's bland, sleeveless, black shirt. Right. Yeah. Polar opposite. It's funny because... It, you know, for people like Steve, even though he's very cool in this episode, so there is very possible he could actually be cool on some level with this car. Somehow, you know, we all know he's not, but in his fantasies is a place where he could be as cool as he could be James Dean or whatever he wants to be in a fantasy, but he still ends up being a nerd. Like, I don't even understand this. Like, the one time he could let loose and be cool for once, no. He couldn't even imagine that. So then we cut to Al's fantasy, and uh, the, you know the, it's great directing. Of course, it just shows Al, and they did that on purpose because they started with Steve and his fantasy, and they pan over to see Al. So in Al's fantasy, they're looking at him driving the car, and then they pan over, and you expect to see Steve there, and instead it's these two blondes in bikinis. <laughs> it's so awesome, dude. Yeah, well, one's a blonde and one's a brunette, and I gotta ask, which one do you want, blonde or brunette? Ooh. I'm a brunette guy. I, I was going for the brunette because the blonde just looked a little too 80s uh, coke whore for me. <laughs> like, she looked like she was fresh off a of Van Halen uh, music video, and wow. I'm just not into that. Well, we'll put up a poll to see what people want. Uh, guys, join our Facebook group page. We have 
interactive stuff. Every time we drop a show, if there's a hot chick in it, we will put a picture up of her, and then you guys could talk about how hot she is. We always give her ratings and stuff like that. And if it's a choice like this between two chicks, um, we will put the picture up of both of them, and then you guys decide who's the hotter girl. So I actually don't know right now. I will go ahead and put it on the Facebook page what I think once I get this clarified. So I'm glad you guys pay attention. I don't know how I missed it. I was just probably too busy laughing because it was just so <laughs> great. And then, the, of course, not only is that great – but Al does think of Steve in the fantasy. Let's not forget that. He does think of him. But he's, <laughs> he's down the road with his thumb out hitchhiking, and Al does not stop. And they wave to him and just keep on going. And I know this is a real nerdy thing to say, but uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring out my inner Steve here. But um, I found it really cool that Al was really driving that car. Did you guys think of that at all? Do you care? Because... Normally, they don't let actors do that kind of stuff because of the liability issues and things like that, and insurance and you know safety. They normally don't drive. So when, um, especially if it's like a motorcycle scene, but even car scenes a lot of times. So when you see the view and there's girls draped all over Al, his arm is around him. It's not even a real safe way to drive at all, and, and they still have Ed O'Neill actually doing that scene. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if things if it were kind of different in the eighties, I guess. Huh? Well, I just wonder if it was it was just cheaper and faster to just do that than to you know because usually they have like the cars either with a green screen or if they are on an actual road they have them on a trailer, right? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it was just way cheaper and faster and and they were like we got we got to we've our we spent our budget on the car. We don't have budget yeah. for anything else because this is another episode where all you ever see is the house. Yeah, and the fantasies. And it's I guess that's – I'm glad you pointed that out. It wasn't a green screen and it wasn't a trailer. Yeah, it probably was when they were showing them from the, the beginning point of view, showing their faces when they were driving. But when Al drives away, it's obviously him in just a car just going. So that yeah. it's, it's kind of an odd scene. You don't really see that, which is why I guess that stuck out to me. The car is all done. It's time to uh, it's time for the unveiling. Marcy is completely self conscious, and it was three weeks since she got in the back seat with Steve, and they caught her. It's been three weeks, and the car is finally done. And in real life, guys, yeah, I mean they didn't give an exact passage of time. We don't know how long the entire process was, but yeah. You couldn't get this done in three weeks unless you were pouring tons of money because that upholstery was totally screwed up. I think the top was messed up. It was whole the whole body needed work. So yeah, that would never happen. But uh, whatever. It's they could have said three months, but I guess it just wouldn't have had the same punch with her being self conscious about the, the seat thing. So uh, Al, you know, every chance he gets is once again. Now he gets the one liners. Uh, Girls, time for the unveiling. Big deal. Well, it will be for you, Mars. This is your big chance to see the outside of the car. (laughs) Okay, ready. Oh, Al, it really is beautiful. Yeah, we know. Come on, let's take this baby for a spin. Girls, get in the back seat. Peg, Marcy can show you the way. <laughs> by, by the way, there like on a previous episode, we talked about how uh, Peg dresses, 
And say what you want about how Peg dresses. Mars, the way Marcy dresses, there is nothing attractive about it. <laughs> Unless the the only time Marcy comes off semi-attractive in this show is when she's wearing like her nightgown. Other than that, every time I see her, I'm like, why are you dressing like mother should dress watching the Golden Girls? This doesn't make <laughs> sense. What are you doing? She's a very 80s kind of conservative wife. Yeah. I, I like Pe- I like the way Peg dresses, honestly. Well, yeah, because it's at least interesting. But Marcy, <laughs> like you say, she's a conservative wife, but at the same time, she's she's like a liberal feminist. I know. Well, I guess the word conservative, well, I mean that in terms of um... oh, she, high morality. Yeah, like I don't mean her uh, political beliefs. So they the car looks amazing. It they did an amazing job. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> yeah, definitely should be happy with the work, and it's cool that they didn't even, they weren't even willing to take it out on the road, and they even like rebuilt the carburetor. Like they really seem to know a lot about cars altogether. So they did everything, getting it to run and stuff. Even though obviously it ran before they got it because the kid went to pick Kelly up. But yeah, I guess they just you know tweaked it and then had to restart it and stuff. Uh, almost didn't start, but it did. So they go out to the country, Al drives, and Steve looks cool, hanging out the, the passenger side, <laughs> as he said. It's time for no man to take a little break in the jiggly room. I'm the DJ, and I'm gonna play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Marry With Children. about the car, honey. You couldn't have known it was stolen. I think Al might have gone a little overboard starting the fight with that policeman. Now, Al just had it in his head that the cop might have been an impersonator. Sorry I put that in your head, Al. By the way, Al, they say the effects of the stun gun will wear off in a few hours. Yeah, you know, you were really holding your own until that angry mob showed up. I wonder where those farmers got their stun guns. Well, here goes our dream, old buddy. Al, they impounded the car. We'll never see it again except at the trial. Well, at least one good thing came out of this. We found out we could all have a good time together, and that's more important than any car. Here, here. <laughs> they said he got a mob of farmers showed up, and Peg goes, I wonder what those farmers got the tasers. And as soon as she said that, I know this wouldn't happen in time, but the only thing that popped in my head was, you don't have to be lonely at <laughs> farmersonly.com. <laughs> farmers. <laughs> <laughs> now with tasers. I actually have an audio clip of Al getting tasered. Check this out. Ah! 
Yeah, that must have hurt. Oh my god. I I I don't think I would even sound that good getting tased. Yeah, it was actually uh yeah, it was actually quite compelling. Yeah. Have any ins been tased? Uh no. My my girlfriend has a taser and uh well fiance has a taser and she uh when we would have parties she would like bring it out and I'd be like, put that damn thing away. We are drinking. Oh you should no, that'd be cool to tase people. Maybe if they can't like whoever like have a drinking game and whoever can't do another shot gets tased. And now I'm never drinking at Alex's house. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm down. I'm down for it. Let's do it. Yep. So uh the last gag of the show. It's still early. Why don't we go out and get some dinner? Kick back and lick our wounds. Yeah. Let's go eat. How about Japanese? Thai. Moroccan. Whatever. I won't know the difference. <laughs> Al gets up as if he's going out to eat with them. He's the last one out, but closes the door, waves goodbye, sits on the couch, and goes puts the TV on. And that's the end of the episode. I, could you really, in the late 80s, even as a white guy, get in a fight with the cops, like a physical altercation, and still go home that night? <laughs> Not a chance in hell. <laughs> no, that's not. There's no way in the world that would ever happen. Cops like, we can't arrest him. He's Al Bundy. Yeah. But we can kick him in the ribs. No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash Married with Children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up Married with Children podcast. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast.com at gmail.com there you can send them audio clips telling them what you think of the show or you can send in a clip talking about a future episode they will be reviewing any clips you send may be played on a future show thanks for checking out this review now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode alright guys how many Mustang ashtrays do you give this episode have you driven a ford lately justin how many ashtrays out of five do you give this episode well uh i really really like this episode it's actually probably one of my favorites right now yeah i just love the dynamic back and forth between um marcy and not peg this time and you know the guys and i just i just like seeing al and steve like bond over this car it's just a solid episode. There's tons of jokes, even from the kids. There's there's jokes, you know, laughing throughout the entire episode. Maybe the the only thing that is missing was like a, a, a solid, solid final, final, final joke that right. you know nails. Uh, I I give this one a four point five ashtrays, so four and a half ashtrays. Yeah, very good. I really went back and forth on the score for this one because Marcy and Steve make this episode but the the game that's happening where peg is controlling marcy and al's controlling steve 
it's happened a little too much in these past couple of episodes, and I kind of I needed a break for it. And while this did it in a new way, which is refreshing, having having the show be mostly uh, Steve and Marcy in the forefront, being the main people. I was just kind of like, hey, Steve Wonsliner were good. Marcy being mad was was interesting, but I don't have a connection with this because I don't know anything about cars and I don't like cars and I don't care about cars. So to me, this has kind of been the weakest episode for me connection-wise. Right. Because while I love Steve and his one-liners are good, I just don't know anything about a car, so I'm not attached. So I gave it a three out of five ashtrays just solely off Steve. Mm -hmm. Uh, If his one-liners weren't good, it probably would have got a two out of five for me. Huh. Yep. So three three out of five. I read this a different way. I felt that it was not doing the same thing that they did earlier. And it was more like, I don't think Peg was controlling Marcy or Al was controlling Steve. To me, it was like they finally took on a life of their own for once. Like Steve reconnected with the feelings he had of college and for cars and how he was a man before he met uh, Marcy, so I don't it's still think, funny. Yeah, I, it's, it's it's always gonna be great. But I, I don't think Al had to do anything. It was effortless. I mean, all they did was go outside, and who God only you know, Steve seemed just as interested as Al. He didn't twist his arm. He didn't say, "Come on, buddy, just go half with me." Oh, Al, I don't know. Like Steve was just as enthusiastic. His whole manhood snapped right back in. He's he's eating meat again. He has dirt under his nails, his Mustang juice. Honey, it's a car. You know, like, he is back to who he was before he was neutered by Marcy. So, and Al had nothing to do with it. If you want to blame anybody, you could blame Kelly's boyfriend. I even think they make it clear that it's not Al's doing by letting us know that Steve had a Mustang in college. You know, you have a good point, and I think I just assumed that it was all happening off screen while normally in the previous episodes they show you what they're doing and this one i think i just assumed because there's so much happening off screen the car deal is off screen the you know the the going out to the police thing them going out to buy parts um all of that happens off screen so i think i just assumed that there was the game being played off screen but you're right in the episode there's not really any indicators that Al is pushing him one way and and Peg's pushing Marcy one way. Yeah, so I you think are because right on he that. wouldn't be as excited that Steve knows his cars and stuff if he was tricking Steve into doing it. Right. Yeah. And even the aspect of Peg and Marcy, it's like Marcy is dead set on some opinion and Peg keeps on trying she keeps showing the brighter side say ah give them a break you know what it actually is a nice ah, at least they're bonding at least they're this and that oh you know what men really do need this kind of thing because blah 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 and marcy is never having it you know and she never really buys into peg's ideas even though peg is set on hers so it actually is a conflict she never really convinces marcy of anything and if anything, uh, the one time that maybe you could argue she did is when she brought up doing it in the back seat, and that gave Marcy the idea or something. Like, I don't even know how that transpired after the conversation, but uh, if anything, that probably steered Marcy into that direction. But to me, 
that didn't that that wasn't very reminiscent of like uh Thinergy episode or the first episode or like uh uh Whose Room Is It Anyway episode. You know, it it didn't have that same kind of manipulation to it. It was just, oh come on, don't tell me you never did that. That that's just a conversation to me. So uh I I, I see what you're saying. I can see how it could seem like that, but hopefully uh looking at, at this angle maybe helped you and maybe when you go back to it you'll say, oh, you know, okay, they, they, they mixed it up. It was cool. You know, yeah, I, no, actually, th- after listening to what you said and thinking about it, I, I think I, I should change it. It's not them pushing the way they want, but it does show that they're, that the seeds that they've planted in these two yeah. are starting to show because now they're able to do it on their own without any push from the outside. So yeah, you're you're right. I, my score doesn't change. It's still three out of five, but I uh, I. But you wouldn't have gone two then. I wouldn't have gone two. I retract my statements on it being a copy of the other ones from a different angle. This is a continuation of it, uh, in a in a different angle that actually makes sense and is really solid. Yeah, those seeds were planted and now we're growing on it. That's, I think that's the the sort of thing that they're doing. So that's cool. Um, yeah, so I, I'm with Justin on this. I love this episode, but, um, it's not like the greatest thing in the world. So I, I can't give it a five because there are many fives to come. And, uh, although I really like this, I'm just going to go 4.5 because that is high enough, uh, for any child. It's because you don't drive, Jerry. It's because you don't drive. It's, it's gotta be, I, I don't know how to work on a car. I have no connection with cars. The only thing I know is that it's last call. Oh, man, really? Huh. You know, I'd, just real quick before we go, I know we have to leave now, but yeah, you're right, Justin. Jerry hasn't driven a, a Ford or a Chevy or, or anything lately. I haven't. I, the, the only thing I've uh, driven lately is my urge to kill myself. Oh, well, there you go. That's the only reason you didn't relate to it, so we're good. Yeah. Okay. You know what? That's what it is. Al was not suicidal enough in this episode. That's what it is. That's why I don't like the episode. You like it when he's miserable. See, you're... you're uh... A sadist? Yeah, sadist, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm a sadist. I just... If I have to live in depression, I want to see other people live that way, too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they do love company. Tune in next Friday... When we return to the nudie bar and review Married with Children, episode 6, 16 years, and what do you get? It's the Bundy's 16th wedding anniversary. Al plans to buy Peggy a very fancy watch, but unfortunately, his credit card gets declined. Dare he show up to the party without a present? Tune in, find out, and see. All right, guys. Well, hey, listen, it's been real, but uh, I got to call Dr. Mustang. I got something I'm looking into, so. Yeah, Justin, can you give me a ride? I need to order food to a clown's mouth. Can you See, give me a ride? Yeah, I would, but I kind of have a date thing with one of these chicks in the backseat of the car. My friend's house I can no longer go to, so. Damn. Sorry. Woo. Well, I guess I'm walking. Well, if you're planning on walking anywhere with Kelly, you better take that dog collar off from around your neck. Uh-huh.